Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy collection, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy push-up bra, in on-trend hues like green and citron and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of 1 carat plus and receive a free natural 1 carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Dearest listener, allow me to unveil a delightful secret. Snag Tights Craft Clothing that embraces every body shape. In a bold endeavor to revolutionize the fashion realm, Snag has triumphed. Permit me to draw your attention to the ingenious Chub Rub Shorts, crafted with moisture-wicking yarn, promising to keep you at least one degree cooler and utterly free from the discomfort of chafing. Free shipping on select orders. Thus, the more you snag, the more you save. Do not delay. Dear listener, experience the fashion revolution that is snag and visit snagtights.us today. Welcome to Criminalia, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to Criminalia. I'm Holly Fry. And I'm Maria Tremarchi. And this week, we are going to look at the life of Giulia Tofana, an Italian apothecary known for her beauty, her secrecy, and her poisonous proclivities. <laughs> if the numbers are all to be believed, she might be the most successful serial killer that you have never heard of. But unlike many of the women we've talked about and will talk about on this show, Giulia wasn't in it for a personal power grab. She's best known as having invented a famous poison called Aqua Tofana, and that perhaps sounds more like a light summery fragrance rather than what it really was. Because it was a deadly potion laced with arsenic, belladonna, and lead that she sold to hundreds of women. Those are primarily women who wanted to escape dangerous marriages. And when we say dangerous, 
we are talking about abuse. So let's set her scene. This was during the Italian Renaissance, which was an era of enlightenment and achievement between the 14th and 17th centuries. But not for women. For women, this was still really a dark time of arranged marriage. And that was marriage that did not have a possibility of divorce, no matter what the situation. Women found themselves with no financial or social power, and they really only had a few available options. So one, they could get married. Two, they could stay single and rely on something like sex work to survive. Or three, they could become a well-off widow, which naturally required option one to happen first. Often, marriages at this time were decided based on how the family's financial or political interests aligned. Love was really not part of the equation at all. Not only did women not have a say regarding who they were married to, they were also considered legally subject to their husbands. And a husband could beat his wife without any fear of punishment. So the only way out was to become a widow. Although many women at this time were skilled in making some common medicinal home remedies, our Julia spent a lot of time in and out of apothecaries, watching and learning as they made their medicines and potions. So by this time, for instance, an apothecary uh, would know remedies like how to treat heartburn with chalk, which is really similar to how we treat it with Tums. Uh, It doesn't just taste like chalk because of coincidence. Eventually, Julia ran her own apothecary and developed her own potions. So up until roughly the 19th century, apothecaries were kind of like the common ancestor to our modern day pharmacies, hospitals, and perhaps surprisingly, our modern day liquor stores. Unlike today's pharmacists, though, apothecaries would also distill, mix, and prescribe both medications and alcohol right there in-house. And when tobacco was commonly used in medical treatment, it, too, was sold through an apothecary. So an apothecary had to have a combination of talents and skills, including being a general physician, surgeon, dentist, obstetrician, optometrist, the list just keeps going. Um, But in this role, they were available to provide medical advice and treatments to the general public who wouldn't normally have access to such a thing. In addition to preparing treatments, they also typically sold the ingredients you'd need to make up a home remedy, as well as prepared goods and herbal medicines. And they often took on apprentices, and they trained both men and women in the field. So if you'll indulge us, we'd like to go down a quick rabbit hole on apothecary history, because the actual origins of this particular service go way back. And you could debate where exactly on the timeline it starts. Yeah, we know that as early as 2000 BCE, Emperor Shenung of China was prioritizing the examination and the cataloging of hundreds of samples from nature. So think of herbs, barks, roots, in order to develop a database of how such things could be used medicinally. Mesopotamia, similarly, had proto-apothecaries figuring out how to extract and combine and dose natural elements to address countless issues, and they were recording all of this. And in the mid-1500s BCE, an estimated 800 different prescriptions were inscribed on the Ebers papyrus in Egypt. At that time, formulas for compounding medications were recorded, serving as the ancestors to our modern-day medicine. Ancient Egypt also established and codified a hierarchy of professionals in the apothecary field. So one class of job was defined for gathering, another for compounding, and then there was a third category that was the chief pharmacist. So I think it's fairly safe to consider that an apothecary at this point. Right, right. 
By the year 100 CE, the idea of a pharmacist botanist existed in the form of Greece's Pedanius Dioscorides, who wrote five volumes of books outlining the compounding and uses of ointments, the uses of animal-derived products in medicine, and a fairly comprehensive guide to botanicals and their uses for treating maladies of almost every imaginable type as well as what sorts of vessels and containers were best for holding all of these things, because that's important, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He made notes about, like, things will go bad if you store them in this kind of container. Right. You should store this only in this kind of container. Always use a lid, you know. <laughs> <laughs> little saran wrap. It'll be great. Um, and the first establishments that you would probably consider a drugstore uh, actually popped up in Baghdad in the late 8th century, where both medicines and confections of various kinds, including everything you would need to make cocktails, though they weren't called that at the time, <laughs> would be found. That's fantastic. The pharmacological field in Europe really got a boost in the 13th century when Holy Roman Emperor Frederick II introduced a series of regulations into the field. And that started in the kingdom of two Sicilies which is what we would point to today as Italy and Sicily. And at this point, pharmacists there started to be governed not only by regulations that were put into effect by Frederick II, but they also had to take an oath that they would not exploit patients and that the drugs that they prepared were both uniform and reliable. While the concept of a public pharmacy spread rapidly throughout Europe from that point in the Kingdom of Two Sicilies, it's not surprising that 15th century Italy, especially in forward-thinking Florence specifically, was where the first pharmacopoeia was written, called the Nuovo Receptario. And during the Renaissance as well, nuns were learning and practicing apothecary medicine in Italian convents, and they had a pretty decent reputation among the medical community. So all of this is to say that Julia was part of a long-standing tradition of offering apothecary and pharmacology in history, and specifically in Italian history. And we're going to get a whole lot deeper into her story. But before we do, we're going to take a quick break. Hey, everybody, it's Holly. Listen, I've been doing stuff on stage since I was a kid, which means that I have been doing my makeup since I was a kid. And I can turn out a look when I need to, but on my day to day, I really like to keep it a little more relaxed and low key. I don't have time for a full face most of the time. But that also means that Thrive Cosmetics can have me covered no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm doing something on stage, like I have an appearance or a live show, or I'm just running to the grocery store, something in their line is perfect. And what I really love and what's important to me is that they are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free. And to me, cruelty-free is very important in the cosmetics I use. I mentioned that I've been doing my makeup for a long time. I've gotten older <laughs> in that time. And one of the things that I've done to refresh my look is switch over to their brilliant eye brighteners and use something like a rose gold shade to really like go all around my eye and then just blend it out and get a daytime smoky look. It makes me look a little more youthful and more refreshed. And it's just easy as pie. And it means that I don't have to mess with a whole ton of products. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash criminalia. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash criminalia for 10% off your first order. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. 
because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Your home should be your haven, and everyone wants to feel safe at home. If you travel a lot, it's really important that your home is secure when you're gone and that your pets are also safe. Simply Safe is advanced home security that puts you first. Simply Safe sent me a home security package, and I was really blown away by all the cameras and the quality of them. When I travel, I could check in on my cats anytime, day or night, and I sleep better knowing that once our alarm is set at night, I know that I'll be alerted if anyone tries to enter the house. Simply Safe has been named in U.S. News and World Report's best home security systems for five years running. It's also been ranked best customer service in home security by Newsweek. By partnering with Simply Safe, I've finally gotten real peace of mind, and I want you to have it too. Get an exclusive 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash criminalia. That's simplysafe, S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash criminalia. There's no safe like Simply Safe. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Dearest listener, in a world where fashion oft neglects the true diversity of the human form, Snag emerges as the beacon of inclusivity we so desperately need, renowned for their exquisite tights. Snag has triumphantly expanded its offerings to include garments that embrace everybody. Snag's creations are meticulously designed on a lifelike figures and refined across a spectrum of shapes before gracing our wardrobes, clothing that not only promises but delivers true comfort and fit, particularly of note other chub rub shorts ingeniously crafted with a moisture wicking yarn to ensure you remain at least one degree cooler and entirely free from the dreaded chafing perfect for every season these shorts can be discreetly worn under your clothes offering a delightful alternative to traditional cycling shorts whether you are at the gym hiking or simply enjoying a day in a skirt or dress they are your ideal companion remember dear listener the more you snag the more you save with free shipping on select orders. Don't delay in experiencing the fashion revolution that is snag at snagtights.us. Welcome back to Criminalia. 
So after becoming a widower herself, and we don't actually know if it was through poison or other circumstance, Julia and her daughter, Girolama, moved from Sicily to Naples and eventually settled in Rome. References to the elixir that she's credited with inventing, Aqua Tofana, um, have always been closely associated with Rome and Naples, but not necessarily Sicily. So it's in Rome when we first encounter her and her work. And the first recorded mention of Aqua Tofana, which actually translates simply to Tofana, water can be traced to either 1632 or 1633. And while the ingredients of arsenic, lead, and belladonna were well known at this time, exactly how those things were blended into a clear, tasteless liquid has been lost to the ages. And I would say that's probably a good thing. (laughs) Probably, probably, yes. Uh, While Julia was an apothecary, she probably wasn't running a public pharmacy. She was known to be discreet and worked mostly by referrals. And though the information about her background is pretty sparse, we do know that she was born in Sicily in the city of Palermo in 1620. So if you do that math, those 1630s references to Aqua Tofano, she would have been still a a young teenager when she was starting to develop and peddle that. Yeah, she was probably the daughter of Teofania Diadamo, an apothecary who made and sold herbal medicines, cosmetics, perfumes, and other potions. And poisons? Nah, it's a little bit hard to know for sure. (laughs) But it is not unheard of for a poison to be sold as a perfume. And in fact, in Sanskrit, the word for red arsenic is the same word that is used for perfume. So... Those two words have a history of being linked, and they may well have been used to cover the trade of toxic substances. In 1633, Julia's mother, Teofania, was accused of murdering her husband, and she was ultimately executed. Um, If the cause of his death was poison, though, that's not recorded anywhere. So at this point, Julia was on her own, an orphan. Her father was killed, presumably by her mother, based on what the courts found, and her mother had been put to death. But Julia was armed with the knowledge of an apothecary, and eventually also armed with the help of her daughter and a small group of trusted associates. And with all of that uh, backing her up, Julia built her own reputation in Rome as a friend to abused women all under the cloak of being a perfectly benign apothecary (laughs) selling the usual assortment of tinctures, medicines, and beauty products. There's really nothing to see here, right? Like, (laughs) (laughs) But bottles all have lids on them. Um, I mean, it was brilliant, really, what she was doing. If anyone questioned the nature of Julia's business, she could just point to bottles of her popular face creams and powders. It appeared she sold cosmetics, and Aqua Tofana was packaged in such a way that it could be easily blended in on a woman's vanity beside her makeup and creams and perfumes and uh, a true bit of genius design. I feel like on my vanity, no one could find anything anyway. Nothing. No. (laughs) It's a mess. Right? (laughs) It all blends in. I guarantee you that the Italian women felt the same way. They're like, yeah, find the poison. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, we should be super clear. There was plenty of toxic stuff in use in Rome at this time that was just considered normal to have in your household, right? This was a period of time when arsenic and lead were commonly used in facial powders as skin lighteners. And belladonna, which, if you even have rudimentary Italian skills, you know means beautiful woman, was used in eye drops as a way to dilate a person's pupils and make a woman's eyes look more doe-like and therefore more alluring. Of course, 
This all had to do with careful dosage. Well, dosage and intention. <laughs> right. <laughs> Julia's cleverly packaged poison product could be disguised in one of two ways. It could either be uh, made to look like a cosmetic powder, or it could be sold in vials as a devotional object called Mana of St. Nicholas of Bari, which was actually a very popular healing oil for blemishes at the time. Aquatofana itself was a slow-acting mixture that was easily mixed into water, wine. I mean, it didn't have to be a liquid. It could be any food that you wanted to put it into. Uh, four small doses was what Julia recommended to kill a husband. And she wanted you to spread them apart slowly as if to plan the victim's time of death or just give him time to write his will. Probably also it looked less suspicious if it was like, I don't know, he's been ailing for a while. So with the first dose, the way this worked was that the victim would likely develop some cold-like symptoms, such as fatigue or weakness, and then the second dose would intensify those symptoms. But by the third dose, uh, the person would be quite ill with symptoms including vomiting and diarrhea, which we see a lot with arsenic, dehydration, and a a burning sensation throughout the digestive system, which would be similar to heartburn, but much, much worse than heartburn. The fourth dose would be, of course, the lethal dose. Although Julia and her associates were really good at keeping a low profile, you can't, of course, trust that all your clients will do so as well. Uh, This is, you know, common knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. The more people that know a secret, the more likely it is that it will get out. And the way Julia was caught goes something like this. So in the end, Julia's business practices were revealed to the authorities by one of her own customers. Uh, This was a woman who had laced her husband's dinner with a drop of aqua tofana, but then she had a change of heart about things. So the would-be poisoner begged her husband not to eat the tainted soup she had prepared. Now, once she had confessed to her husband that his soup was in fact poisoned, he, understandably, (laughs) turned her into the authorities. Listen, nobody knows what a relationship is like from the outside. Exactly. Uh, But then uh, the authorities took her in and she confessed to the authorities under extreme torture that she had bought her bottle of Aqua Tofana from Julia. So keep in mind here that Julia was well-liked. I mean, she had helped a lot of women in their situations. It was probably also in her client's best interest to keep Julia off of the authorities' torture table. So when word got out that her apothecary had been exposed for selling poison, locals were quick to help Julia escape to a church. Um, there's an alternate story that says she fled to a convent, which is totally plausible. Um, either way, she was granted sanctuary while authorities searched for her. Yeah, Maria made an astute comment uh, as we were talking about this case that that connection of nuns being associated with apothecary and respected by the medical community kind of ties in. Like, of course, they might take in someone like Julia. Right. But as is often the case, this story kind of exploded and rumors started to flare up and those rumors got bigger and bigger. And then after a rumor claiming that she had poisoned Rome's water supply caught on throughout the city... The police forced their way into the church and detained Julia. It's said that under accounts of extreme torture, she confessed to providing the poison to kill as many as 600 men in Rome between the years 1633 and 1651. But considering it was a confession given under torture, she probably would have also confessed to the future assassination of Abraham Lincoln or maybe to being a duck. I mean, it's hard to know exactly 
what her truth was. Yeah, confessions extracted through torture are not really trustworthy. Um, While we are pretty sure she was not innocent and also that she was not a duck, uh, (laughs) there could be a version (laughs) of this story where Julia could have been selling harmless cosmetics and face creams at her apothecary when she was wrongfully accused of murderous intentions. There's also part of me that wonders if she isn't like, hey, I'm not mixing it, but do you know that the stuff in your face cream is actually poisonous and maybe you could use it for that reason? <laughs> I, I wondered the same thing, right? Where she was like, it comes in oil and it comes in powder. But if you put the two together, <laughs> right. like, you've got it something special. Here. <laughs> wink, wink, right? <laughs> But in 1600s Italy, those torture confessions were good enough evidence to convict on. Julia and her daughter, along with her accomplices that worked at her store, so they may have just been employees, were all executed in Rome in the Campo di Fiori. Or they were strangled by a mob. Uh, The specifics differ among uh, the story accounts. And because Julia's story is so sensational, there was a lot of variation in the accounts about her. And some of Julia's clientele, who had used Aqua Tofano, were also arrested. Some, perhaps as many as 40, were executed just like Julia herself. Others were, it is told, again, so this is unsubstantiated, bricked into the dungeons of the Palazzo Pucci. But considering that that is in Florence and not Rome, that particular version of the story is highly unlikely. What's interesting is it comes up a lot, but like it, there there wouldn't have been like a, a really good like reason for them to be di- bricked in in Florence. It seems so strange of an account, but OK, you know, maybe it was. I don't you know. Um, upper class women, however, who were accused of using her product were said to have escaped punishment, at least mostly, uh, mainly by virtue of being an upper-class woman. Uh, But many feigned shock upon learning their quote-unquote cosmetics were actually poisonous. And that's actually a plausible excuse because as we talked about earlier, in 17th century Italy, a lot of cosmetics did have arsenic and belladonna as just a regular ingredient. We are going to talk more about why Julia Tafana's story still resonates. Uh, but first, we'll have a little bit of a pause and hear from my sponsor. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of 
a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Dearest listener, in a world where fashion oft neglects the true diversity of the human form, Snag emerges as the beacon of inclusivity we so desperately need. Renowned for their exquisite tights, Snag has triumphantly expanded its offerings to include garments that embrace everybody. Snag's creations are meticulously designed on a lifelike figures and refined across a spectrum of shapes before gracing our wardrobes. Clothing that not only promises, but delivers true comfort and fit. Particularly of note are the Chub Rub Shorts, ingeniously crafted with a moisture-wicking yarn to ensure you remain at least one degree cooler and entirely free from the dreaded chafing. Perfect for every season. These shorts can be discreetly worn under your clothes, offering a delightful alternative to traditional cycling shorts. Whether you are at the gym, hiking, or simply enjoying a day in a skirt or dress, they are your ideal companion. Remember, dear listener, the more you snag, the more you save, with free shipping on select orders. Don't delay in experiencing the fashion revolution that is snag at snagtights.us. Hello, iHeart listener. We have a confession to make. Both iHeart and this commercial you're listening to right now would probably sound a heck of a lot better on the new Roku Pro Series TV. It's got side-firing speakers that fill your room with sound, Dolby Atmos audio that puts you right in the middle of the entertainment, and the ability to pair seamlessly with your home theater sound systems that already have surround sound and booming bass. If all that sounds too good to be true, it'll sound even better on the new Roku Pro Series. Your hearing isn't better. Your TV is. Welcome back to Criminalia. What's interesting is that more than 100 years after her death, Julia Tofana's legacy has still survived, and by brand name, too. That, that is the kind of reach most companies today would kill for, no pun intended. <laughs> And there is even a high-profile story about the use of Aqua Tefana a century after Julia's death. And while almost all historians since the 18th century have dismissed this as pure gossip and rumor, according to some accounts at the time, Mozart feared on his deathbed in 1791 that he had been poisoned, and likely by his colleague and rival Antonio Salieri, saying, quote, I feel that I will not last much longer... I am sure that I have been poisoned. I cannot rid myself of this idea. Someone has given me aqua tofana. And one of the interesting things is like all of the instances where you read his quote, sometimes it's a little longer, sometimes it's a little shorter. It always mentions aqua tofana, <laughs> like <laughs> by name. <laughs> Uh, but in truth, it's it is so highly unlikely that Mozart was poisoned by 
anyone, Salieri or or his maid. You know, um, there's just no evidence to support his wild claim, although he may have really truly believed he felt like he'd been poisoned. Today, uh, most studies um, and historians point to uh, actually a possible strep infection that had gone uh, too far, uh, which can lead to complications of rheumatic fever. Um, they also point to possible trichinosis from eating undercooked pork. Um, and he had been having really terrible headaches near his his death, and they attribute that to possibly having been a subdural hematoma. Now, Mozart was not the only 18th century figure that was worried about aqua tofana. <laughs> Pope Clement XIV lived his final year in fairly poor health with depression and also a fear of assassination. In fact, following his death in 1774, rumors circulated that he had indeed been poisoned. Ultimately, though, an autopsy determined that he had died of natural causes. So Julia's legacy is clearly kind of an interesting one. Uh, while her life story is often billed as a tale of a woman who killed more than 600 men, uh, when you look more closely, what emerges is a case that looks a little bit more like she, she felt she had a personal calling in helping women out of abusive situations. Yeah, I always wonder if it goes back to her mother and whatever was going on in that marriage. I wonder that, too. And we yeah. will never know what the truth was there. Uh, and certainly we don't have hard evidence regarding whether all of her clients were after Aqua Tifana or they really just needed her assistance with fine lines and wrinkles. It's not as though we have some handy dandy death statistic tables regarding fatalities in Rome in the mid 17th century categorized by sex and cause of death uh, that we could use to compare her story against. But we can look at some modern statistics as we look at Julia's story, like the fact that according to the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence, 20 people in the United States are physically abused by an intimate partner per minute. Per minute. Like, stop and let that sink in for a, a second. It's just in the United States. And it's not a problem just in the United States. According to the World Health Organization, around the world, almost 30% of women, that's a third of all women globally, who have been in a relationship report that they have experienced some form of violence by their intimate partner in their lifetime. That is literally just the tip of the iceberg when considering the modern domestic violence story. But when you think about that and all of the ramifications of it, it starts to become even clearer why Julia Tifana emerges as a sort of folk hero in some modern tellings of her story. And that's even with so many gaps in terms of details about her life and work. You can still see where the fascination comes from and why the idea of a woman who was kind of a badass becomes even more compelling when the possibility is introduced that she was using her skills and knowledge of botany and pharmacology to offer a means of empowerment, uh, I mean, albeit illegal, to be sure, um, to the women of the 17th century in Rome. Yeah, Julia. Julia. I, I know you love her. I love Julia because I really... She stood out to me as being one of these women who we absolutely needed to keep on our list because she wasn't in it for the politics of anything. She seemed to be truly involved in this for the benefit of other women. And that that's just cool. Hey, Holly, what's your poison this week? Well... Uh, this is actually, I feel like it should be your poison because you pointed out this recipe to me. Oh, <laughs> and the, uh, the Italian Sicilianness of it is, is kind of heavy as well. <laughs> right, uh, right. You pointed me at a recipe for 
a cocktail called a Pimpinella, which because I had to click on that, <laughs> right? How know. could you not? Uh, so this particular cocktail features 1.5 ounces of grappa, an ounce of freshly squeezed lime juice, three quarters of an ounce of anise syrup, and one quarter of an ounce of Saint Germain. So there is also a lot of um, accoutrement in the original recipe. There's some uh, really fancy pants unicorn um salt for the rim that you can make that is a lemon rosemary salt i did not do that i went the simple Mm. route uh i Mm -hmm. also didn't like garnish it with an anise pod and i didn't even though i have a beautiful rosemary bush right outside my front door did i go out and get one to garnish it with no i did not i just wanted to get it in the shaker and go to town I expected to hate this cocktail. I know you did. Like everything about this cocktail is everything that I like and I'm not the one who drank it. <laughs> right. It's one of those things where um, I mean, my my proclivities are usually towards something kind of like soft and light. I don't like a particularly fancy drink usually. Like my go-to is vodka and Diet Coke. I'm a very basic person. Now, granted, if you don't like licorice flavor because of the anise yes not gonna be your jam right but it was delightful and i i love that you're a licorice girl as well well because the lime juice the anise and then the saint germain is the magic trick like it oh yes it is the the thing that holds the whole thing together and like takes all of the things the the characteristics of each of the spirits or ingredients that you wouldn't enjoy and it just makes them kiss each other in a nice little way now is that that's elderflower mm-hmm. isn't it it is oh it's lovely uh, that's another one that's going to go into regular rotation at the fry house fantastic yeah yeah that's fantastic uh, yeah the pimpinella if you just google that you're going to get this recipe and it's quite yummy and then uh yeah. i like that they call it a spritz it's a spritz, it's a spritz. It's a spritz. It is. It's for, uh, you know, to pretend that you're in Italy enjoying a beautiful, beautiful sunny day. We hope that you like us. You're here to the end. So thank you for listening to Criminalia. And if you would like to subscribe to the show, we would also just think that's grand. You can do that on the iHeartRadio app at Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you listen to shows. Criminalia is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, please visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Mm-hmm. 